0: Thanks, Jay. I honestly thought he was going to uh, call me up to pray. <laughs> uh, that's where I thought he was going with that. And uh, I do remember that because I came downstairs and all the guys are in the circle laughing, looking at me. There's no, uh, that was a little awkward. I was like, great, I'm back in middle school and uh, my life is flashing before me. And that's where it is. Oh. Oh. The youth, uh, as they head back, we had a good family Sunday last week. <laughs> Yay! Um, but I will tell you this, sitting right here, and I, the girls were sitting right there, and they're singing loud. I, I loved it. That was uh, refreshing. It's like, uh, kids singing, and it was like, yeah, we need to know what the rock is, the foundation is, and so uh, for them to be able to do that now is just a, a, a huge, huge blessing. Uh, I hope you guys, before I dig in, I hope you guys have a great Labor Day weekend. Uh, As you guys are with either family or you guys are doing whatever you're doing, may may it be a blessed time, may it be a time to rejuvenate or or whatever, but hopefully it's a great weekend for you guys. Um, Today, we're going to continue discussing this living life out, like Jay said, on more than just a Sunday. What does that look like? How does that process? As many of you know, I have been uh, uh, talking about discipleship a lot. I know I've been talking about a lot when basically people start like making jokes about it. What, you gonna talk about discipleship again this week? It's like, yes, until we get it locked down. Uh, So uh, there you go. Uh, So, but this week we're going to be talking about uh, life groups a little bit. What does life groups uh, look like? And the main thing I want us to understand as we dig into this, this is not a program. This is not a program that, oh, this is this is terminology. Okay? This is the terminology that we're using to execute what the Bible's saying to live it out and how to live it out. Okay, so that we can be all on the same page. This isn't like, hey, you got to do this and you got to do this. This is, hey, this is how the Bible says we're supposed to live it out, what we're supposed to do. And then this is how we're going to execute it here at Living Hope. And so that we're all on the same page and so we can know how to execute this all out together. We are going to be diving into Acts 2 today. So, uh, and it's going to be verses 41 through 47 but before we dig into that, I'm going to read you another verse that I think leads into that very well. So you guys can turn to that. It's Acts uh, 2, 41 through 47. But John 13, 34 through 35 says this. And I think this really sort of starts set, sets this up. It says this. Jesus gives us a command. And he says this in verse 34. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. A new command I give you. This is not like, hey, you know, this would be something really cool to do. Like if you have free time, you might want to pick this up. If God is king and ruler, and he says, I command you, that's that's a directive. That is something that you are supposed to do. This is not, uh, well, you know, I have free time next Thursday. I'll fit that in. This is a command that is given by Jesus. Love one another. That is to love each other as he loved us, you know? so that you must love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples man to love each other so well that people know that man that they they follow they follow Jesus it's so radical of a love if you love one another before we begin let's pray if there any father i just pray for our hearts right now to be open to your word i pray that there is none of me in all of you, that your word is what speaks into people's hearts, that your word is is the stuff that leads to action and steps as we continue to try to pursue you in your word. I thank you for this day. I thank you for your holiness. I thank you for who you are, your mercy, grace, justice. You are an almighty, powerful God. We love you, and praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's dive into Acts 2, 41 through 47. And I think that, that verse leads a line to this. And this is what it looks like, the fellowship of believers, what it looks like to live it out together. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and a prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who uh, had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together With glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Okay. So if you're looking at this, it says that they added on. So this is, if you're looking at this as these are new believers, okay? These are new believers. The three these are the three thousand, okay? What was really interesting is me and Brian had a good conversation about this. This is a supernatural thing. This is a huge number of people that have uh, done it. But it also started a little farther back, when Jesus was with the 12. You know, Jesus was with the 12, and what did he do? He set them out two by two. Then all of a sudden, there was 70. What did he do? He set them out two by two. And then there were 300, 500, the 500. He set them out. So there had been groundwork and foundations of what Jesus was doing. Jesus was investing in people's lives, and they were investing in other people's lives. That built the foundation. But this is a supernatural. These are new believers that have come together and what this fellowship looks like. These first believers rightly saw themselves as faithful remnant of Israel. All right? So, but they... But unknown to the fact, they were unknown to them that they were also part of an entirely new and supernatural community that was connected by their bond and their faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, As you're going to see in a few verses, they still go to the temple. There is, there's, they, are, they are still part of the Jewish culture, but this is now them being like, oh, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is who we are going to follow. So they are part of this new community, this new community of how to live together. And that's what we've been talking about. How do we live together? How do we live in this community? So let's go verse by verse. Let's start in verse 42. It says, they devoted themselves. Okay. First, what does devote mean? What does devote mean? What? What? gave okay they gave what else does anyone else have devote commit Commit. good dedicated sincere followers followers. yes these these are all things of devotion was they and it's also devoting also means exerting great effort and persistence so there's an effort there this is not a passive thing there is a deep devotion, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, okay? So we need to know what the apostles' teachings are, okay? These apostle teachings are the material that the church considered that that were holy, the writings, the stuff that they talked about, the apostles talked about. They were the life of Jesus. So these new believers devoted themselves to, to the writings, and to the the communication about Jesus of his life, his death, and resurrection. They devoted themselves to these. And fellowship. I'll give you a hint. Fellowship means koinia. What does fellowship mean? I know this is a lot more back and forth than uh, I usually take, but it's good for you to process because some of you are scared. I like it. What does fellowship mean? Being together. You're what to know each other understand each other? Under, understand each other. Sharing. 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 It's good. All those are true. I would add that coenia refers to intimate, not just casual. I think sometimes we can get together. Have a good time and go away. And there was no real growth. It's harder the more and more you have it, but I'm sure there's been situations where you know people or talk to people and you can keep it at surface level. Kohania is a lot more intimate. Kohania is a lot more getting to know the warts and people getting to know yours. And so that is part of the process of what it was. But there's also what's going on here is a good christian fellowship together in the community of knowing the father son and holy spirit okay so this is what i also want us to remember remember i first started here there is the relationship a vertical relationship with you and god but this is also the horizontal this is the unique relationship that's going on that there is a a fellowship of believers that are having a relationship vertically but also horizontally okay that, and we got to continue to remember that. Because sometimes we can get locked into, oh, I just want to be all about horizontal, but we forget the vertical. And we can't do that. It is a relationship. It is a, a community. And we'll dive more into that uh, here in a little bit. Their fellowship, as we continue reading, comes into this and then says, Of the breaking in bread of, and prayer. So the, these were the two major activities. Okay, I won't have you describe what breaking the bread. I'll, I'll leave a little bit more here. But breaking of the bread was just not having a meal. Okay, a lot of people believe that communion was partaking in this. Okay, and this gets back to the vertical and the communal. It's like, why did the people gather around? Yes, to be together, but their main focus was, was vertical. Their main focus was, we're gathered here because of what Jesus has done. We're gathered here to worship the true God. We're in this together. We're in this together, but we're, we can't lose focus. And I think sometimes, as churches, we can lose focus. We can lose focus that why we're gathered here. Yeah, Jesus is a part of it. That's good. We got that checkmark, but we got this to do and this to do and this to do. It's like, no, that's what always unites us. No matter how different we are. And if you look around here, we're all different. I got a girl with a boo-boo on her head. You know, I got some people I know that are walking with bad knees. We're all different here. We're all at different places. But what unites us? Love of Christ. I love you, John. Thank you for answering. (laughs) That's what unites us. Not because, uh, like, oh, we all live in the same state. Like, congratulations, a lot of people live in the same state. Are we living around this area? Well, a lot of people live in, what unites us is the love of Jesus Christ. And so all that other stuff needs to fade away. And then it leads into not just breaking a bread at that communion of eating. And that's why I do like having food, because I think it breaks down walls and you're together and you eat. But then they say prayer. And we talked about this last week. Earnest prayer. What, what kind of prayer do we get gather together? And this is a, a, there's a corporate prayer. This is a kind of corporate prayer. And I think some of us, like, we deal with a prayer differently. Because it says in scripture that we need to pray in our closet. We need to be away, not like those that are out there, just say, hey, look at me, I'm praying. But there's also corporate prayer. And the difference is, is how your heart is. Are you praying together humbly? Are you praying together as a, as a community? And that's my question. Do, we, do you pray for each other? Do you have time where it's like, hey, we can gather to eat, but are we praying as, as a community for what's going on? A lot of us would say, hey, the world's messed up right now. Okay? We, like, are we getting closer to God? Like, I don't care what, where you're at. Many of us would say we're not there. Do we humbly go together and pray for the country? Are we doing that? Or do we just like to let people know our opinion about it and how it's going? Like, I disagree with this. I disagree with that because it's so much easier. Or do I go to God and do I gather other people to be in community being like, hey, let's pray. Let's pray for this country. Let's pray for our lost friends across the street. Let's pray for people that are sick together. What does that look like? But that's what he's saying right here. This is the, these are new believers. This is the, the education of how to live it out. Then go, you go to verse 45. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. I didn't want, uh, I, I'm don't want. i not trying to skip over too much because 40, I, I want to hit at least 43. The signs and wonders, I do want to hit that just for a second before we hit to 45. The signs and wonders were the proof of God's working. These guys were out there and doing it and, and living it out. And then there was also God just working in supernatural ways. And being out there. To do that, and so we these miracles provided the help for the sick and for the for the needy, and as people saw that, they saw a God working in the community. Signs and wonders. It, it, we we worship a God that's still working today. We worship a God that has done miraculous things. I know some of you. When I first got hired, I told a couple of stories about some just things and I actually talked to someone this week that had a great story and I'm like why are you not telling the stories of God working in their lives like in miraculous ways I'll tell you one story my grandma when she she's passed now but when she when I was in seventh grade she had um, lung cancer all throughout her lungs have the x-ray I had the x-ray of it and it, it was there and so the I can guarantee you there was prayer and prayer, and prayer. And then she ended up going because they needed to do surgery. They were going to go in, try to clean some of it out, do some stuff, look at it. But they had to do an x-ray before they went in. And then when they looked at the x-ray, they were like, do we have the right patient? There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Why is it gone? Now, here's the thing. I believe God worked. But here's the thing, too, is my grandma still passed away, like at some point. Like we wrestle with this why, and then you have other people, and we talked about this last week, sometimes it doesn't work out. Where James last week, he died, but Peter lived. But that's where we have to trust on God. But these signs and wonders, God is still working, God is still moving, because if you have breath in your lungs right now, God is still allowing us to breathe. It's a miracle it is a miracle as we continue to walk around like if you haven't seen my daughter she's got a big nice new scar here my wife and her had to go to the er this week she wanted to run that she ran up a hill and she tripped and then there was crying and if you would have saw us out the window because it was at night we were going on a nice walk we were enjoying it. And then if you looked out the window, you would have seen me without my shirt on, Danielle carrying up because my shirt was now covering this blood stain. And I'm with Jacelyn. And it's like, what is this messed up family doing? Like, the, like we need to pray for them. They're crazy. As we we're trying to get back to get to the yard, ER, she had, a, had, a, had this cut and this, but you know what? I was thankful it wasn't worse. I was like, thank you, God. Like, it could be worse. Thank you, though. And it's like my mindset, I I had, like, different thoughts through my whole process, but I was also like, I'm thankful that we had an ER to go to. I was thankful. And, like, there's so much more different perspective in changing that. We're still, God is still working. God's still taking care of her, you know, in that process. And and, And that's where we're at. Now let's go to 45, where uh, they sold property and possessions um, to give to anyone who had need. Now this, uh, we're not talking about uh, like uh, communism or socialism or anything like that, like, like taking wealth and giving it. These people saw needs and gave it away. They saw the needs of other believers and were open and free to them. Did they still have that stuff? Yes, but they were willing to give it away because they saw the needs of the community. It's very hard to give stuff away when you don't know what other people need. And I think that's why sometimes we like keeping people at arm's length away. Because if, they, if I know what that person really needs, then, then I need to partake and help give into that. I need to help that person. And something in our human flesh Culture likes to keep people just far enough away. I want a relationship. I want you to care about me. But if I really know what's going on in your life, then I need to do something about it to help. These people didn't care. These people wanted to give stuff away. They wanted because they were in on it. They were in with it. They were in this relationship. And that's what we're called to do. 46 says, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. That's why I'm saying they're still going to the temple. So these are Jewish people that are still going to the temple. All right, They're still going to Sunday service. They're still going. What we would consider, they're still going. But they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So they were not just meeting on Sundays. They were meeting at other times, more in other informal times, meeting other times together to discuss, to dialogue. And they might not agree all on theology, but that's why they had the apostles there, so they could talk about it and continue to communicate and get better and stronger in their faith. But they lived life together as this new community. And as they did this, they did verse 47, they, they praised God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. At this time, there was not a huge conflict with these people. You know, they were were growing, but their relationships were so good together that they were adding new people because they were still reaching out to the community. And the community saw this love that they had for each other and for them, and they wanted to be a part of it. They wanted it something because they knew this was something of God. What joy. And the Lord added to their, daily, their numbers daily those who were being saved. So many times we feel like, oh, I got to get this person. I got. The, the Lord does the work. We're called to love one another. We're called to love each other. God does the work. So many times I've even processed in my life, oh, if I just say this right, that person will get it. What? The arrogance that if I just execute this right, I can, oh, it's, it is God that does the work. It is God that does the work. I'm just supposed to be obedient to the words that he's given me to do and to live out. And that is to love. It's to love each other. So let's look at these three factors. I've been talking about life groups, what's that sort of look like? And, uh, and life groups are open groups. These are open for people, believers in the community and our neighbors. So let's start with number one. You got the sheet, belong. It's belonging. Just so you know that social, social isolation uh, was associated with about 50% of increased risk in dementia. Right now, our young people are having an epidemic of issues with loneliness. Loneliness is a huge issue. With poor social relationships have been associated with a 29% increase in heart disease, a 32% uh, increase in risk of stroke social media has been tied to loneliness as well with 73% of very heavy social media users considered very lonely as compared to with 52% with light users so the more you're on social media is an example of almost a 25% increase in loneliness And loneliness among heart failure patients was associated with nearly four times increased risk of death, with 68% increased risk in hospitalization and 57 increased risk of emergency department visits. I know these are just like facts and stats, but there's been stories after story. There's, uh, there's uh, and the pandemic didn't help. People became more lonely. People used to, and uh, I heard a good story about, it's not a good story, but a story about how people go bowling by themselves. That's what they do. Because they have no one else to go with. You would think that like, bowling is like a corporate, like, hey, we're, let's go together. Like, it's become a thing where now just people go by themselves. Where the numbers have skyrocketed. Because they don't have anyone else to live life with. To be long is important. Josh Hawkins was here a couple weeks ago. He did his, uh, about his story in Bulgaria, okay? Bulgaria is a past communist uh, nation, okay? So when they would walk across the street, you don't look at each other, okay? Um, If I'm in a conversation, if I'm in a conversation and one of my friends comes up, this is in Bulgaria, and this is what Josh had said. If a friend comes up, I do not introduce the two because they do not trust the two. I finish this conversation, and then I go to this other conversation and have this conversation. There's a lack of mistrust. We're here in Indiana. It's like, hey, this is Bob. This is Billy. Hey, you guys, these are my friends. That's a much more natural. That's not the way they do it there. So there he's talked about how the struggles of even getting to know people. He coaches football, and he would have football guys come over for the Monday night games and just to hang out or the, and to do all that kind of stuff and communicate and hang out. Well, one of the guys would never, never come. Just, no, this is it's too weird. Not doing that. Not doing that. And finally his buddies were like, it's a good time. He shows up. He shows up and um, has the time. And another time he comes. And another time he comes. And then all of a sudden, he goes, one time, I had to get a condiment or something. And I walked in, and I saw him open the fridge looking for something. And he goes, tears started coming down my eyes. Because for that second, I knew he felt he belonged in this house. He belonged. He felt comfortable in this house. Man. Do we have that kind of atmosphere or that where we want people to belong? Or do we just say, oh, you've got to be this way, this way, this way before we hang out? <laughs> have you ever felt someplace where you know you don't belong? Uncomfortable? Yeah, you know it. We don't want to be that. We want to be a place where you belong. Because God wants you here. Like, he wants us here. And so that's the process that we got to feel. That is belong. And belonging then leads into, the second B, believing. Believing. Okay, I'm going to do something really risky here. You have no idea how risky this is. I'm going to call my wife and Brad Boyles up to the stage. Yes. Come up. Come up. Believing is where people get to encounter Jesus in His Word. Okay, so they, this is where they get to uh, to meet it, and this is, becomes an action. I really like this this step. Uh, <laughs> pray for me right now. Uh, I like this quote from uh, Van uh, Hooser. He says, "Believing is action oriented, situation related, and embedded in the particulars and." cognitive of everyday living the local church is a community that seeks both to understand and stand by christian beliefs the local church is any place in which the gospel of jesus christ gets performed acted out by disciples who translate it into forms of life worship and works of love okay brad can you stand over here daniel can you stand over here I love you. Okay. Um, um, I gave her, uh, just so you know, I didn't tell her what we're doing, but I gave her a little heads up like, hey, would you, like, would you be willing to come up uh, tomorrow? And she's like, you're, you're very smart to ask before." So she at least knew that I was asking, but she just has no idea what's going to happen. Belief is an action step, okay? Belief is something that you have to, to do and have to trust, correct? I'm going to ask you to uh, trust fall. I'm going to ask you to trust fall onto me. Now, here's the thing. The reason why I called Brad up here is because I've actually known Brad longer. Okay? But I know what would happen if I did not catch my wife. I'm a dead man. Uh, So my wife knows me more. My wife is deeper. We have a better... There's a trust there that's been built. She believes that I'm going to catch her. Now, Brad has another little option. I like to mess with Brad. <laughs> I could drop Brad because that'd be on video, and I could laugh at it multiple times. <laughs> but he has to decide what he trusts into. Does he got to trust when he's also bigger, and I don't know if I can carry him? I don't know. So are you going you to trust me? You really want me to do it? <laughs> yeah? Okay. OK. There you go. Yeah, I got you. I promise I got you. There you go. Yes. So give it up for her. Thank you. Hi, Brad. Now I'm the one that's gonna fall. <laughs> what? Now I'm the one that's going to fall. You're going to fall. Yeah. So. So. Go ahead, Brad. Uh, so. No. <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. Do you trust me? Yep. Oh, there we go. All right, give it up for Brad. You guys can sit down. I I know uh, that's just a a little representation. um, But there is that believing. At some point, there is the action step of living it out, of doing it, of not just saying it, knowing it. Like, I actually believe John's going to catch me. And that's where it leads to become. That is where people become disciple-makers and group mentors. Because when they've been caught, when they've been caught by Almighty Jesus, they want to start catching other people. We're called to catch fish. That's when you become, because you've been, you've been caught, you know that Jesus has caught you, changed your life, radically changed your life, and now you want to catch other people. Because there's other people that have, that are lost, that are sick, that are hurt, that are, that are, that are living in sin, but you want to live it with them and you want to catch them. Not because of who you are, but because of what Jesus has done in your life and who Jesus is. Because you have been affected by the love and grace and power and might of Jesus Christ. Not your. Like, because, no offense, you, you can't hold anything. You're not able to. You have to do it because of what God's done. But you have that willingness. You have that. And, that. and it's messy. I'm telling you, just because you're strong with God, but then you catch somebody, your friend or neighbor who's going through something, and then all of a sudden their life is not going the right way, and it's tears and there's pain, and you've got to be in it with them. And it, in your mind, it would be easier for you not to be there holding on to them. But God calls us to be there. And that's what life groups are it's to be in it together. This is not a program. This is not anything like that. It's to actually live life together. It might be setting up certain times like, hey, I'm going to do game night every Tuesday at my house. And I'm going to invite some people over. I'm going to invite a few people in the church and my neighbors. And we're just going to play euchre all night. And I'm going to win every time. (laughs) Or it might be whatever. But all of a sudden, you're living life together. You're you're being together, and then you're all all of a sudden, what happens if it's like, hey, we have a few questions like, what do you think of John saying this last Sunday? And all of a sudden, you're talking about God. Or you're all of a sudden, it's like, "I, I was reading this. What do you think of that? All of a sudden, you're discussing because the main focus is always vertical. It's always back to Jesus. But we're called to live together. We're called to break bread together. We're called to pray together. It's intentional. It's intentional. The questions that I have for you guys before the worship team comes up is, you know, do you feel like you belong? And sometimes this is a tricky thing because sometimes it is other people keeping you out. But sometimes it's you keeping yourself out. Because I don't want to jump all the way in because they might see who I really am. So I don't really want to belong. But that's only for you to, do you feel like you belong? Because from my heart, yeah. I want you all to belong. I want you to belong to the love of Jesus Christ. And that's what I want this church to be. And that's the way I have made it felt. And I felt it. But we gotta continue it. And secondly, is do you believe? Do you believe with all your heart? Because if you believe it, you're gonna there's gonna be action steps. There's the actual falling down. There's the actual like, okay, God, I believe that we need to live this out in my to my neighbors. The Lord did all the work, but they were still reaching out and it added numbers. And then the last one is, are you at a place of becoming? Are you become? Where you see people that need to become and help them out. Because you know what's really funny? It's a lot of times when we actually catch someone, and show that love because of who Jesus is, and they get it, they catch people. They catch people. There's a story, I, uh, I used to go in, uh, to Cherubusco High School when I worked for Youth for Christ. I went in there all the time. Just, I had more keys to Cherubusco High School than I did my own office at uh, YFC. I was just there all the time. And there was this one group of guys during lunch That would like say hi to me, but you know they were just making fun of me the whole time. Almost like when I came down for Sunday or for Saturday men's breakfast. (laughs) Guys laughing at me. They were like, "Who is this guy coming in, trying to love on me or talk about Jesus?" Like, who cares? All four years, I knew their names because it was a small enough school, but never made an impact, or so I thought, because God was still working. I got a call on a random Tuesday or Wednesday from a guy named Jeff. He's like, can I come over? Luckily, I wasn't married at that time. It was like 10.30. I was like, you all right, dude? He's in college. I was like, yeah, you can come by. He's like, don't really know how you got my number, but that's cool. You know, I knew who he was. He came by, and he just goes, I accepted Christ last night. And for four years, I had no idea why you were in the church or why you were at the school. Last night, I got it. I know why you were there. Here's the funny thing. I did nothing. I had nothing. God did the work. I was just trying to be obedient. And then that guy, he went to go do missions in the Dominican Republic, found his wife there. Now he's up in Minnesota. like... He started catching people because he found Christ. Because he found Christ. It, I did nothing. Actually, I felt like I was doing a disservice, but God wasn't done with him. But I was called to live in community at that school. I was called at that point. We are called to live in community right now. And so as that's the discussion that I'm going to continue to push on life groups, or what I say by that. It's about being together. And we're going to be, and us in the leadership teams are working on the process to make this easy and simple on how to process all this kind of stuff for us in the future. But I want us to start thinking this way before it begins. Oh, this is why they're doing it. This is why they're encouraging this. Not because John has some great idea. I'm just trying to live out what the Bible says to live out. Like, this is nothing. If I'm guilty of plagiarism, Of the bible good like good i will be questioned for that later when i'm dead and pray for me there yeah but i want to live this out and i want us to live it out as we are called to live it out so we were called to belong believe and then become and that's what we're called to do in this life group, and I want us to start processing what that looks like. Would the worship team come up? As they come up, I just want us to also, those four words are cool and all, and they're great, but the scripture does say this. They devoted themselves to teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. How does that look in your life? How does that look in your life? How is your prayer life? how is breaking bread with your other fellow believers look like? You know, what is looking, devoting yourself? You could just sit on, do I really devote myself to the teachings of the word? That's a challenge for us. And as we continue to go through this week, we need to examine ourselves and continue to wrestle what that looks like. Let's stand and let's sing together.